Okay. Welcome to Jesus in this mess. I hope we're messy enough. Hello, welcome to Jesus in this mess. I hope we're messy enough that you can see Jesus. Usually we see him in the mess. So Emily, looks like she's already got it going on in terms of messy, don't you, Emily? She was describing. I, I know how to rock it. Yeah, yep, she knows how to do that. So um, Jonathan's life's always messy enough, mine too. So there's a good chance you can see Jesus in the mess um, here. Um, and uh, we call this Jesus TV, at least one of us does, because that's how I understand what we're doing. All this TV watching is going to be redeemed. We've been practicing my whole life watching TV. God says, I'm going to redeem all that. Now I need you to watch the right television program. And so that's what I'm doing today. And he calls it being a participant observer. So I'm going to be observing and participating on it. And today, uh, Emily is painting with, once again, unusual instruments, including her fingers. Tell us about your painting, Emily, so that people might know that part of the picture. Okay. So this is one I've been working on for about a month and a half. Um, and I don't know, this one, uh, the whole idea with this painting is it started about how coming to Jesus, like, um, you know, we build on the mountains and on the shoulders of others. So I'm going to take this off and kind of, so I've just been keep working. It's kind of a lot, it's a lot different from my other Jesus in the mess paintings. Oh, dang it. Oh, hold on. I, uh, I was trying to take off my stand and I pressed the button. Okay. So, um, so we've talked a lot about being born again. We've talked about like building on others. So, uh, you know, it just looks kind of like a weird mountain thing, but as you come up close, there are like figures in the mountain you point they're, they're hard to see. Um, point that so people might see. There's a person. There's their head, hair, their legs. They're like climbing. Okay. There's another person here. I can't really tell what they're doing. There's kind of a person here. Like this is their body, their head. It's hard to see their head because they're up there. Um, there's more heads and people. The other ones aren't as defined. Uh, this one person here is kind of being held up. There's like two other, there's a head here and kind of some arms and a head here, kind of some arms. It's pretty messy. Um, and then at the top, this is kind of like a profile of Jesus. I've got to fix it. His nose is like way too long there, but I guess, you know, there is no beauty that we should desire him though, you know. There you go, yeah. That's how it goes. Um, so I was just trying something, I'm trying to make like a landscape painting that is, made of jesus i guess i guess you can say but the whole idea is just you build upon the shoulders of others and there's all different ways to to reach up and then one of the things i did last week i did all this dark brown stuff last week and i did that because so usually on a mountain these areas that are dark brown would be white and the areas that are white would be dark and so it's like this whole idea of contradictions and opposites so that's kind of where i'm at um i don't know where it's gonna lead me today We'll see. I might scratch some more people. Uh, the mountains behind kind of look like clouds. Like these are where I was in my head. I was like, they're going to be mountains. So I might add something to those. I don't really know what's going to happen with it. And then, uh, yeah, what's going on? And my paint buddy found me again. He just, where is he? Finds me everywhere. <laughs> he was down in my kitchen and now he found me. He found me in here. He just like likes to hang out when we're filming and painting because he doesn't do that at other times. 
<laughs> he's just, yeah. he's just like, what is this place? I'm never going to come into this room. And I left the door open. But he's like, the door's open. I'm coming in. You know, and uh, that reminds me of, you know, what about us? If we did uh, that same idea, you know, if the door is always open to Jesus, you know, and we're just like, I'm, I'm coming in. Or for him, you know, he's like, I'm coming. The door's open. And the I'm going to explore. And I think that. The curiosity, and I really think that that's what Jesus in this mess is about. It's the idea of play and playfulness. We do a lot of play on words, but it's also, I think, um, just the idea of just accepting, not just accepting life, but embracing kind of some of that, the weirdness and the craziness that happens to all of us. And just, like you said, just playing and being curious about it, being more open and more curious instead of always being like, this happened, therefore God hates me. Or this happened, what did I do wrong? And sometimes, granted, it definitely is our choices. Like, there's plenty of things I encounter that are from my choices. But there's some things that I encounter that are not my choices. And it's the choices of others that affect me. And I think, it, and it, I know before we've talked about, like, you know, the, the choices of our parents affect us. And the choices, like, like, it goes back for a billion generations, you know, of just, like, this thing led to this thing, which led to this thing, which led to this thing, which led to this thing. And so it kind of all comes together. Uh, those are kind of my thoughts as of this morning. Where are you guys at? I like it. Uh, you'd mentioned the cat. So I have a friend that uh, God led me to. He lives in Madrid, Spain, and he also is called like I am to build worlds in the, uh, uh, some people call it the metaverse. I call this other space Jesus wants me to do is the Jesus first, but it's a virtual space that also gets expressed physically. But his, his character is a cat. Sancho is his cat. Uh, and I know he ties it to the man of, man of La Mancha. So you have this, this sidekick that's kind of a helper, um, helping the crazy guy who's um, uh, imagining in, in that imaginative space. And so, uh, it just occurred because I'm like, okay, because um, this guy, he's uh, his name's uh, Miguel. Um, what is his name? Miguel is his is his name, but he he has the cat as one of his main um, symbols, and so it occurred to me like, oh, I think that's what he's doing is he's using it as a guide. Um, the curiosity of a cat and, and probably other natures, but that uh, I see how cats, you know, being naughty. That's what we think of it. Like I didn't put that box out there so you could climb in it and hang out, but they, they want to. Um, one of the things I see our cats do and um, yeah, generally um, they're led by their curiosity. What's this new thing? I'm gonna go check it out and see if I can jump on this and jump on that. And so um uh, that is an important force um, and is uh, where I'm kind of drawn to is to uh, see where it goes. I, I guess um, like my relationship with Jesus, um, I think he was inviting me to do that. Like um, in the scriptures, um, there's an emphasis on, um, oh, Prove me now herewith is one of the scriptures, like pay your tithing uh, and see if I don't bless you with a big old blessing. I'll pour down from the windows of heaven all these blessings um, or um, 
how long holds you between two opinions that you know choose your god and then there's scriptures that talk about um uh planting a seed in our hearts and if we true seed a good seed will and, and so there's this invitation to the unknown uh which you can approach with trepidation like oh it's unknown it's terrible or it's like oh oh it's we're gonna go find some unknowns um <laughs> and that's kind of the energy that i carry into this like okay now i've been trained since i was a little kid this idea let's follow jesus that he knows the way and jesus will take care of you let's you know i only got about a third of my life left let's let's see if that's true i mean what's the worst that's going to happen i'm going to die uh, well and your family okay well that that sounds kind of bad but i'm willing to risk their lives on this um and so started putting the chips all on jesus quit quit hedging your bet greg go go big on jesus Let, let's see what happens and so there's a a big curiosity factor like how's this going to turn out and it's not divorced from worrying about like maybe i'm doing some risky stuff here but the truth is i realize life without that is risky like oh well let me just go away from jesus and forget god it's like no that's mostly the the culture i live in i don't remember in uh, uh going to public school and having them talk a whole lot about jesus and a whole lot about god in fact not a whole lot uh, they talk about good things, so that's Jesus, but they didn't connect them. They didn't say, oh, look, at we're memorizing lovely flowers that God built. No, no, they weren't going big on Jesus and God, and, you know, maybe for right, but that's that became then uh, interesting to me. Like, what, ha what would happen if you just went full on as much Jesus as you can get? Well, one of the things you're going to have to sacrifice is the other focus. So there's kind of two focuses on this earth. One is money. The other is Jesus. Um, or it's approximations, right? And so that's some slop room. And so that's, yeah, that's that would describe a part of my a draw towards God, like a cat. Greg's like, oh, well, let's see what happens. Let's see where this goes. Go down that rabbit hole. And then report to everybody. Wouldn't that be interesting? And so I don't know if I've said this before, but I literally, Jesus had me say this. I can still remember this. It was a little shocking. Sometimes you ever say things that come out of your mouth. You're like, that's a little shocking. Um, now I say a lot of things like that because I'm an extrovert and I don't think much about what I'm saying. I'll just start throwing stuff against the wall. But this case, I went to my church, Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints Ward, and I remember I was kind of announcing to them like they needed to hear it, right? Um, that I'm going big on Jesus. I, and I think I used the term, I'm going to put all my chips on Jesus. Um, I need to count on miracles. And if he doesn't come through for me, I'm going to come back and report to you. Don't do this. Don't follow Jesus. Um, and I was like, oh my goodness, that sounded bad. That sounded anti-religious. But I didn't say it. I, I said only if it doesn't prove so. But I I could tell it was the Holy Spirit like telling me, say this. And I've delighted in it since. I'm like, you really had me say that. And now um you're the good thing is, Jesus, you're coming through. 
uh, not in ways that everybody would be kind of crazy about. And I, he has me describe those, the tribulations that come as well. Um, Cause I'll, he has me talk frankly about that, but I'm like, no, he's true to his word. He's better than the mortals. So like number one is like, Oh, the invisible God is way better than the mortals. Oh my goodness. Yes. He understands me. He gets me. He loves me. So I have all these testimonies. So that was, um, Anyways, that's what that cat uh, inspired me to think about is that curiosity and how I'm, that's partly how I'm going in on a, all, all in on Jesus is like an experiment. It's not over. I only got about 20 more years of this experiment. And I said, okay, we're concluding this. I'm, I'm checking out. We'll see how it is on the other side uh, when the results come in. Um, but yeah, that's curiosity. Jonathan, go ahead. Um, I like that. Um, and, uh, curiosity is, um, I think the key that unlocks new doors and new places. Um, and I think the reason that curiosity is so important is because you learn things through curiosity. So the cat looks around and he finds new places, new, I don't know what's cool for a cat. You know, but, um, you know, he, his, his world expands through his curiosity and that's how it is for us too. And, um, so you have to kind of, well, and it's the reason it's risky too, is because you don't always know that the voice you're hearing is God. Um, I can think of some definite instances where I was, I was dead wrong. It wasn't God. And some of those instances kind of scared me. So that's the other part of curiosity is that it's like, oh, you know, I could have gone down this path. And in this instance, I was mistaken. And um, but I learned through the experience. Um, I took a risk. And um, usually the nice thing about risk is that it's multi-stage. So, you know, um, I can believe that I need to move in a direction and I can take the first step, you know, and that comes out of curiosity. You know, I think that this is what God is asking me to do. And then I take a step in that direction and maybe it gets shut down or he moves me in a different direction or, you know, um, some loved one comes to me and says, you know, this can't be right because of such and such. And, um, and, you know, and then, you know, if you listen, you know, so it's like, so it's like, so then you're constantly reevaluating. Well, okay, so am I mistaken? You know, you're you're saying kind of a prayer, right? Like, so what do you think, God? Am I am I mistaken in this? And um, at any point, um, he can he can modify, but uh, it's like that old saying: you can't move to move a parked car. You have to be moving in a certain direction. So, um, so. But but it's so important, and I and I have this feeling that there is there is a we're actually entering into a time of miracles, and so so we believe that we had to, so we we've had the materialistic worldview, which is the the view that the hardcore scientists and atheists take, which is that everything is materialistic. So it's you know um, it's cause and effect. Okay, yeah, cause and effect. Yeah. So 
we're entering into a world where things are going to happen that we don't cause. <laughs> okay, that's a miracle, right? And you, you can say, well, even God has a science. So maybe it's just that we don't understand how all this works. And that in reality, if we did, it would seem more materialistic because God could explain it all in math to us how miracles work. But then it kind of ceases to be a miracle, right? So um, it's kind of a beautiful thing in that you just kind of trust that God knows more than you and um, he's going to bring about this miracle. And I, the, I'll say this last thing. So there's this, um, there's this YouTube video. Um, it's a Ted talk that Ted took down because they said it was unscientific by Rupert. His name is Rupert Sheldrake. And um, I hope I'm getting the name right or else, else you won't be able to find it. But um Rupert Sheldrake is a guy, he's a scientist in Great Britain, and he basically wrote a book, he wrote a book called The Ten Harris, The Ten Dogmas of um of science or something like that. And um the ten dogmas, the ten, and he basically lays out ten things that science believes that they won't back down on and they they refuse to be curious about. Um, one of them is the idea that all of our, um, that all of our memory is stored in the mind. Um, he says, there's actually really no proof for this. The theory is that, you know, there's these little nerve endings and they make connections and these little phosphor phosphorizations are the way that, you know, this, this complex way of, of, um, but fascinatingly, he said, he said, like, there's no proof of this at all. Like it's just it's just a theory that they've come up with. And he says, if you research it, he says there's there's no he's a scientist. And so he's like, OK, so show me how this happens and show me how a memory is. And they can't. And so it's just it's just an idea they've come up with, you know, but he said but his his idea is that that, that you know, consciousness is not held within the mind. He says and, and he's done lots of research, even with like cats. So like cats they're you know like on the day that you're going to take your cat to the vet cats have a tendency to disappear okay <laughs> and it's just like and, and he's actually done these studies where um like and 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 so he's actually he, he did these studies where he would on these cats and he would schedule out the the um the visits and um so so um Long story short, it turns out that they can sense it. So they have an intuition. Same thing like um, he talked about how people, how most people have experienced being stared at. You know, you, you have this sense someone's looking at you and you turn and you see that someone's looking at you. <laughs> so this idea that it's all contained within the mind is not... It doesn't it doesn't hold up but he says he says the fascinating thing so he's a scientist and he said he says there's all these avenues that he says he says what science is doing in these 10 areas that's just one of them is they're shutting down curiosity they're saying no it all has to be materialistic there can be nothing you know there's no way for a thought you know, you know, the thought of the the owner of the cat and the vet and everything to reach the cat 
You know, there's no way for the person staring at you to actually, you know, he says, well, why not? He said, why don't we be curious? Because that's what we do as scientists. Let's, let's look into it because that's sort of the way that we discover new things. And so um, we're going to see a lot of things in the next, I think in the next hundred years that are going to um, kind of prove scientifically that there is a non-materialistic um, way of looking at things. So that's just one avenue. Curiosity precedes discovery. And that's what I wanted to share. So. Any thoughts, Emily? Just one minute, she's saying. Yeah, my phone went weird and I couldn't unmute it. Oh, yeah, okay. my thoughts are first, um, Jonathan, will you put the name of that guy in the description? That sounds like really interesting. I, I'm going to forget his name. So that would be great if we could have that. Um, yeah. And uh, I actually really love that. I'd never, it's not something that I've considered, you know, the, like the whole idea that, I mean, I have, I guess, I mean, I believe in souls and in spirits. And so like, I mean, I guess I've considered the idea that knowledge and things are, I, haven't I mean, I guess I really haven't though. But I, I love that concept of just, yeah, curiosity. It's, um, I think in like different religions and things and, and the way I've been raised, like that curiosity has been shut down. You're told you can't ask questions. You can't do this. And when you do that, then you cease learning, I, I think is really what it comes down about. Um, you know, like something, something here is I, I'm really good at making messes. And that means... I'm, you know, I hope I'm really good at learning. So I'm going to try to put this back on. You're muted again. Emily, I don't know if you're I talking. Muted, I, muted, I muted myself because my kids were talking to me because our cat that was exploring, they're like, he's escaped. He's outside somewhere. And I'm like, it's going to be fine. Sorry. <laughs> That's why I muted it. I did mute it on purpose. Um, because they keep coming in and being like, where did he go? Where's Owen? Because he's so curious. We don't like letting him out all the time because he just, we're worried he's going to get hit by a car or something. Every animal that I had growing up got hit by a car. Every single animal. And so we get scared to let him out. And, you know, and, I, and maybe that also reflects on, on now with different religion, different things. You get scared. When people are curious, they get hurt. Yeah. You know? There's risk associated with that. Uh, well, kind of what we're talking about, uh, I was wondering if there was a segue to just before we came on, Jesus was having me take notes uh, about a prophecy that I, a prophecy that I made uh, back in 2015, and it's coming true, but uh, that's nice. It gives me some confirmation, but it's, um, it, uh, what what he's drawn my attention to isn't that it's it's the that people don't care <laughs> and 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 it was i laugh because it's kind of funny so i i share with my wife i, I shared with one her, um today i said i just 
I want to remind you of the prophecy because I, I have one for uh, 2024. And I said, because you're the only person, because I could share it widely, like, oh, but tell everybody. And they just don't care. Even if it's true, it's not like, oh, let's worship Greg. No, they don't. Um, so in 1976, there's a bunch of geeks that could have told you, everybody's going to have a personal computer. Oh, yeah, I don't, you know, probably in 1980s. Well, no, they were wrong, probably about the 1990s. Um, and they could tell you, oh, yeah, there's going to be an internet thing. Well, we don't go back and worship that person. That's some nerd that will be interviewed by somebody, which he recently was like three years, no, three weeks ago. I, uh, he was interviewed as the guy who worked for CERN the big old um, collider thing over in France who came up with the internet. So somebody tells us like that, I can tell you your future. Um, what does it mean? Well, for most people, it means nothing. Um, and why? Um, and that's what I'm exploring. Like, yeah, why doesn't it mean something? If, if somebody could come and tell me something that's going to happen 10 years from now, and then it does, well, what would that do? Uh, would I sell everything or, you know, what's the implication? And so I'm always kind of like, yeah, what's the implication if, um, of this? And, and basically, I'm like, yeah, Jesus, uh, most people are just busy, you know, uh, chop wood, carry water down here. So, yeah, it's a little interesting news. Oh, yeah, I remember a guy was talking about this um, when I was younger, I predicted the digital camera, told my dad about it. Sure enough, came uh, DVD, same thing. Um, so what? So what? Uh, and it's like, yeah, that's fascinating. So what? So Jesus is coming. So what? Uh, bad times are coming. So Jonathan has many prophetic poems. And I geek out about them because I like prophecy. I'm curious. Like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And I live in a society. Oh, my goodness. The energy that people have for what's going to happen, like, financially. Oh, we're going to go through some tough times because that that really, that's where our, our energies are in, in this world. A lot of people need to know about their 401k. If you got all, all your money locked in a certain thing because you're just kind of doing this general 401k, it might be something you might want to check out because in 20, 2008, some folks lost their retirement or half their retirement because their money was put in the wrong place. Well, generally, only rich people worry about that. Uh, poor people or people who are just kind of like normal middle class, they just like, well, I'm just going to hope for the best. Um, and they're not that interested in the predictions of where this market's going to go, what's going to happen. But people who have lots of money, unusual money, <laughs> right now, these people are way nervous. They're, I don't know if you know it, but they're shifting money around like, okay, gold and go crypto, got to get this and that. Because um, I have a friend who has quite a bit of money. And that's what he said. It's like having babies and all these babies, just like your, your cat. Oh, it might be out the street and get run over. And then I, I have no cat. And so I have this pile of gold. But what if gold goes down? Oh, okay. So the heads are bad. So they put it in different places. That's what I thought about putting all my chips on Jesus. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just bet on Jesus. Let's, let's see what happens with, with Jesus. All these people around me, like into Jesus, my wife, others, let's do it. Let's go all whole hog. And, um, but back to the prophecy thing. So that's one of the attractions of religion is like um, prophecy, um, the spirit of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. So like, he's coming. Yeah. So we got to get ready. We got to repent because we don't want to well, don't want to go to hell. So it's not like prophecy doesn't matter, but like specific prophecies. 
I'm kind of convinced they don't matter. That God could give me a lot of secrets and people really wouldn't care. First off, they wouldn't believe it until they see it. Then once they see it, they don't care. Why? They got other things like their cat went out. Okay. Yeah. So that's great, Greg. Um, uh, uh, but our cat's lost. <laughs> that's what they care about. Like not the prophecy. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We need to sell everything. Or So the implications are interesting. So that's... Um, uh, talk about curiosity. So there's, there is this energy of curiosity, like what's going to happen in the future. And it's a, it's a huge energy. It's, it's not just a human um, energy. It's an animal energy. Like the deer want to know, Oh, is that good stuff or bad stuff coming? So it's huge energy, but it, it's interesting to me that even if you're a prophet and like you prophesy, let's suppose you get, get a bunch of prophets together. You say, Hey, there's going to be a weird time coming maybe 10 years from now. So let's do a proclamation on the family. Let's define really definitively some kind of prophetic statement. Here's what a woman is. Here's what a man is. And actually, that the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, that was done. That, um, and some people like, are like geeking out right now. Oh, that was so prophetic. I know. And, and it re reinforces their belief that, man, those, those guys up, up there in Salt Lake, um, we're receiving some prophecy um, for the church so they could adjust and say, here's how we want to adjust. And I'm, I think so. Um, but other people like, so what? I don't care. I've got people in my family who decide they're, they're no longer a girl. And that's what occupies me. I don't care. And uh, yeah. So yeah, I don't have any, all those um, the threads that Jesus has just put out, they're not all woven together, but I know I'm, I'm in the process. He wants me, pay attention to this. How do people um, deal with prophecy? So the, the prophecy that I'm writing about, 2015, Jesus told me about the Jesus revolution. There'd be another one coming. Um, and would you like to participate in that, Greg? And so I said, yeah, let's do it. Uh, and that was the late 60s, early 70s, the first one, or at least the one that was recognized. And sure enough, here about 2022, you started hearing this in the news. And I just this morning uh, heard Glenn Beck talking about this with some guy who invented podcasting, basically. And they're like, oh, yeah, it looks like there's a Jesus revolution coming. And like, oh, it was good. It, was, it felt good. Like, yeah, yeah, Jesus told you told me that. And I'm like, oh, you know, if I was in Nostradamus, I'd like, hey, see, I documented that. And I can. I could show people posts from years ago when I was talking about this. I could show them all the way back to two. 2015, I was talking about the Jesus revolution. Jesus told me this. But you know what? It doesn't really matter because I'm not a leader. I'm nothing. Uh, it was Jesus. And, but even if I was a leader, I realized they wouldn't care. They could have the most correct book on earth. He said, oh, this has been translated. Um, and here it is. And so that's, that's some interesting energy is where people just don't care. I don't care. Um, and... That's intriguing. Um, and well, it goes back to that curiosity. Aren't you a little curious? <laughs> how, how did Greg come up with this thing? No, I'm not really curious about it. I got my own thing. Okay. So, and, and oftentimes they're curious, like how, how am I going to um, retire in time? Uh, I'm sure because that's much more um, interesting to them is like, how can I get enough money so I can actually retire? That, that, that's a, that's a big thing. Uh, and so, if you had to put some energy somewhere, yeah, I'd, I'd say you're probably better to be curious about how you're going to retire and pay off that home because you don't really own it. Citibank does. And, and it's like, and 
and, and these people coming across the border, how are we going to stop that? Yeah, let's be curious about that. Yeah, stop, stop these people. So there's a lot of energy that we have to be curious about different things. And honestly, in our society, it's tended, it's called a money-centric, carnal-centric society for a reason. We're interested not in spiritual things. We're interested in things that have immediate um, repercussions for discussions we're going to have in the home, how adequate people will find us as providers. And so I get it. <laughs> I, I totally get it. Um, but it's not, not where I'm, I'm trending. I'm trending towards, like I say, Jonathan's poems attracted me because they're prophetic. They lined up with some things God had been telling me. And then there was additional things like, oh, and I could tell. The Holy Spirit's like, yeah, that's going to happen. Like, oh, I love it. And so I'm assembling this understanding. But even, the, even if I tell other people, here's what's going to happen, the Holy Spirit might even say to them, yeah, that's going to happen. But they're like, eh, it's a nothing burger still. And I, I'd agree. That's just fascinating to me. Like, really? You're, you're not moved by that? You're not taking action? Because I know I am. I'm taking actions. And that's what Jesus had me in motion. I saw your hand, Jonathan. I'm, I'm done with that. Fascinating about non-curiosity and curiosity. Yeah. Well, I was just going to throw out, it's, um, I'm kind of curious to see what you guys think about the purpose of that. Um, because um, I know what it feels like uh, to see something and um, to be just like, years if not decades or maybe like a century ahead like you're seeing something that's going to be important in a hundred years and um and it's in it 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 kind of obsesses your it 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 grasps hold of your mind and won't let it go and um what it's really like is like being crazy that's the way that it feels much of the time is that it's like, well, and that's the reaction you get from most people, you know, and you can see this throughout history. It's like people would see something like, you know, the guy in the hospital who said, you know what, we should wash our hands. Like when we go from the morgue to delivering a baby, we should wash our hands, you know, and it's like, and all the doctors were like, you're crazy. <laughs> You know, it's like, I think they actually got his, his certificate like revoked and they, you know, it made it really life really hard for him. So it's like, I'm kind of curious your guys' thoughts about that. It's like, um, it's like, on the one hand, I can see it in a sense, because there are a few people who resonate. It's like, like you said, Greg, it's like some of the things that, you know, you you and I have, have found common ground on, um, it's a real comfort. Um, I guess it has to come that way, I suppose. It's like it, it has to come to a few people, you know, um, like Elon Musk geeking out about electric cars and, you know, and just like, you know, and and he, he said, you wouldn't want to be me because my, my mind is exploding all the time. And it's like, I totally get that. It's like to the point where you can't function in the world that is today. It's like it would be so nice if you weren't living kind of ahead of your time because you have to survive in your time, you know. Um, 
Well, I'm curious your guys' thoughts about that because it, it oftentimes the energy feels, you know, it feels so um, futile in many instances because when you're curious about something that nobody else is curious about, when you're getting answers and clarity about something that nobody even cares about yet, it's like um, Emily or Greg, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts about that, so... Go ahead, Emily. Yeah, I have some thoughts about that. What I keep reminding me of is just that, you know, Jesus requires the sacrifice of, of all. And I think when you have that conviction, when you're willing to, because I, I always remember going, you know, sacrifice my life, you know, for Jesus or like things like that. Um, I think it's a lot harder to live. And you have to be okay with people being like, yeah, you're full on crazy or like this doesn't matter. Or I don't know. I think there's, there's many, many examples, like you've said, throughout history of people who've sacrificed what people think of them. All of, all of the, most of the big discoveries, religiously and not religiously, have come from people just having to say, no, this is the way it is, and everyone being like, yeah, you're crazy. And, and so it's like you have to be willing to... I don't know. I think there's just a lot of learning. I think it's like a, a thing. Like I think in order to become like God, you have to be willing to do and say things that everyone else is going to think is crazy. Um, and then sometimes on those things, like I'll be like, I'll be on some of those things that I've been really, I guess you could say obsessed with end up being wrong. And that's always the hard <laughs> thing for me is, uh, is, uh, and that's always one of my fears. Now it's one of my big fears. Like what if I'm diving deep into this thing and then it ends up, I am completely and utterly wrong. And then I really was crazy, you know? And so I think part of it is this, and that's why I like the idea of the curiosity of curiosity, just being life's about learning. And that's what, these are the things I try to tell myself. Um, I can talk. I always say I can talk a lot more than I, I can live it, but like, you know, the whole idea of just sometimes I dive deep into things and I've lived years with them and then being like, Oh yeah, I was way off on that. Like if the me now could talk to the me, then I'd be like, Whoa, me then you have got no idea, you know? And uh, the things that you think you know, wow, you are, you've got a long ways to go. Um, and actually what it all reminds me of is um, this, this is a YouTube video that I watched to my husband recently. There, there's this guy that does these videos. Um, he does time in um, like measurement. So uh, he's really cool. He doesn't have a ton of views. like. He doesn't do very many videos, but like, so he just did one like perspective of time. I will have to send you guys a link to it, but he does this whole thing of where he measures the time of human history to the time of the universe and he does it to scale. So he does, I think it's called to scale. That's his channel. And so like, he does it with like led lights and he like measured it all. And he has some friends and like, it took them like years and they went out into the desert and they like put all these led lights. And so they like, they measure them out. Like he's also done the universe to scale too, which is really cool. But he like measures it out. So like all of human history, 1 million years is like this big. And then he does it like, and then it's like miles of time. And so he says, all of human history, one is says, and he says, and this little tiny led dot, this is like the last, this is like the last 200 years. And so when you, measure it out in that way and you think so what i guess what i'm trying to say is you have all these things and you think they're a really big deal but in the scope of things are they a big deal you know and and, and to me or to people like there's just life is so much more than our little tiny dot and um 
And so that's why I love the ideas of curiosity and of, of uh, I guess, collective consciousness, or I don't know what you would call it, but things like that. Yeah. I'll put that link there. It was really cool to see like how different it is. Uh, I'll put it in the description. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Yeah, the, um, the thing that matters most to me with regards to the prophecies that I receive, um, God says that um, faithful will see signs. And so if you're faithful on one thing or another, then oftentimes you're going to see signs, fruits that I'll miss. For instance, in your, in your life, you could make an investment in something. And because I'm not you, I'm not with you, that I don't see like, oh, you were right about that. That's very interesting. Um, and um, same with me. People don't have eyes on it, um, but I do. And I'm making sacrifices. So like the Jesus revolution, if that's all that was like, okay, that's all that is. It's just a one-off, but it's not. I've made in huge investments. Jesus has had me make huge investments of time and energy on things that are related to the Jesus revolution, but aren't, that's not it. I'm, I'm not called to be the guru of the Jesus revolution or anything like that. If I was, I think, well, that's really important. But no, what it was, was um, this morning, it was comforting to go like, okay, I'm right about that thing. So like Emma is talking, it's really nasty to go, go down 10 miles down a road or, a, you know, a hiking trail and go, this is the wrong trail. I thought it, were, it was the right trail. But it's nice when you're going down that trail and you see a sign and you're like, oh yeah, this is. It, it, see, that's right there. It says you are on the Appalachian Trail. Okay, that's so good because, man, I do not want to have to walk back. Oh, so we are just so comforting. But what if you're the only one that can see that sign? Well, that's fine. You're the one walking. Why does other people need to see the sign? Well, because I want them to know that I'm right. And I want them to bow down before me and say, I'm so sorry I criticized you that you were crazy. Well, that's it. Jesus tells me, that's something you don't want to get into, Greg. Let them go ahead and have their history where they thought some guy was crazy because it does look crazy. And some of it is going to be crazy, like Emily's talking about. Some of the stuff you're going to do is wrong. That one you were right about. Well, which ones am I right and wrong about? You'll find out down the trail. Oh, okay, this is awkward. You know what's more awkward? Not going down the trail at all or just going where everybody's going. That's even more awkward because that has been shown throughout history to be wrong, wrong, wrong. Not always wrong, but often wrong. Um, just ask the people in the flood. Just ask the people in Nazi Germany. Uh, there's been lots of things. Just follow the crowd. That works in good times, but in bad times, woo, bad, bad, bad. Um, and we live in crucial hinge point time here. So what I want to say, and I'll go back to Jonathan, is that is what I take from Jesus. He's like, that's for you, Greg. You can go ahead and tell everybody, oh, I predicted this, but it's a wasted time. It's a nothing burger for them. Like, that does not feed my family. That doesn't feed my soul. Okay. If God wants to feed my soul, he needs to send me the angel, not you, Greg. Like, oh, I totally get that. And so anyways, that's part of my training is to like, um, understand that miracles do matter. Uh, Prophecy fulfilled does matter, but only to those who have risked tremendous amounts to have that matter, is what I'd say. Go ahead, Jonathan. 
Well, I was just going to say, um, along with that, 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 um, I, I really appreciated the way you put that, um, that it is important. It is important for me <laughs> and it's important for the very few people who resonate with, with, with what I, I share. And, um, so it, the ark was a good example. It's like, like, well, who did the ark matter for? Noah and Sham. Am I getting the names right? Seth, yep. Sham, Ham. Yep. Ham and Japheth and Ham. It's like a matter for them and their families. Right. So it's, um, that's fascinating. A while back, I called you, Greg, and I said, uh, do you remember this day? I called and said, I said, I made the right investment. I made the right investment. Um, I had a day where I just realized like, and I wasn't even thinking about like religiously or anything like that. I was thinking about money. So, you know, if people who know me and my history a little bit know that I have had serious questions about money because of particular choices I've made in my life and I have never given up. I have never stopped asking the questions, even though the people who I was trying to help with the money have given up on <laughs> my own journey. I have never stopped. So for me, it's like I've been going through and I, I had this day where like I saw a video or something and I realized, oh my gosh, I made the right investment. And of course I knew this all along, but it was like, I had this knowing that like financially, like that the vast majority of everybody that I've, I, you know, that are out there probably, um, like, like I, I realize that, that they didn't make the same investment as I did. I made an investment that looked kind of crazy, but like, I'm, it's like starting to pay off. Like it's starting to pay off. Like, like the waters are rising and the ark is not leaking. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, and, and if you listen to my podcast, you know, I have this thing about like um, economics and it's like, it's, and the principles that tie in with um, the new life. But the point being is just that I, I wanted to resonate with what you said, Greg. It's like, it's such a comfort to me. And it's a, I'm, I'm starting to focus more, too, on the very few people. I think there's about six who care what I say and, um, and realizing I'm there to serve them, you know, and it's like, and that might become seven or eight or nine or 10, but it's like, it's like um, there are people who do care and I care. And, and the truth is, is that you know, I did this because I loved people. There were people I was trying to serve. And so um, long story short, it was a good investment. And so it does matter for the person who was curious. It matters for that cat that found the mice. You know, it matters for the person who um, it matters deeply for them. So that's that's what I wanted to, yeah. to share. Maybe no, that's like the reward. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The reward of curiosity. Um, yeah, I've I've made some investments that uh, I think are going to pay off in 2024. That um, other people are going to be led to live in in a like they did in, in the Great Depression. 
they lived as commune. And like, oh, do you mean they moved in with their family? Yes, I mean they moved in with their family. Oh, well, that makes sense. And then they also, those who didn't do that, they moved into Hooverville, which is slapdash housing. Oh, so you're saying that you predicted that? No, I didn't. Jesus did. He, I didn't know what was going on. Go live in a barn. Go, go to family. Give up your house. And so that doesn't do anybody. <clears throat> that was hard for my family. Doesn't do anybody any good until I think 2024. Uh, then you'll start seeing these things. They go like, oh. Well, that looks like a good investment given that thing. Maybe 2025, maybe 2026, but 2024. Oh, there you go. So I'm I'm prophesying. I'm which is prophecy is a guess. Well, a true prophecy is a prophecy, right? Yeah. But uh, sometimes we're not um, uh, trained as prophets, so we're not very good at it. So that's what I'd say about 2024. But Regardless, I do think in my lifetime, if I live a 20 another years, the investment like, oh, yeah, that, that's, and I, so my wealthy friend, for a while, he didn't understand what was going on, like, oh, yes, you, you're doing it wrong, <laughs> and then later, it started dawning on him when he started paying attention to what was happening to the markets right now, these rich people, they know what's coming, and then he started respecting whatever God had put into my heart to do. He's like, oh, I need to do likewise. He said, in fact, that's what he said. You know how you're doing that low living? So he sold his house, and now he lives in a basement of his sister's house, paying rent and so forth. But he restructured his life based on, uh, he saw what I was doing, caused him to think about his own beliefs. What do you think is going to happen? And he, he did likewise. Um, and you're like, oh. That's interesting. And, but, uh, but also, like, I think if you're not doing that, it doesn't matter. You'll be fine. Well, you lose your house and just move into a van. Uh, that's going to be awkward. Uh, yeah, but it was awkward for your great grandma, whatever she was doing, you know, it was Hooverville or mo moving in with grandma and grandpa. That was awkward. We can do awkward. Uh, is there any way we can prepare for this? Uh, yeah, <laughs> but you would have to um, listen to crazy people saying, oh, yeah, life's going to really, really change. And the funny thing is, I've never met a person who doesn't know it deep inside them. This is a the thing. They already have that spirit of prophecy. I've never met a person who doesn't know that we are at the hinge point in history where it's going to fall. Now, we don't know how it's going to turn out because there are some people who just Oh, no, no, I, I wrote it out. I was able to pay my mortgage and everything worked fine. Yep, those are the few. <laughs> and anyways, that's what Jonathan and I would both agree. Um, and, but, but God showed me already, people know, Greg. They already know that they're like at the, it's, it's time to go down in, in history, <sighs> that there's going to be a, a, a reset or a time of renewal. Uh, they know that. Okay, so they already have that prophecy. They don't need me telling them. Correct. They know. Uh, and so, yeah, it's cool because I'm not their savior. And they're not my savior. And it's good. And so he has me actually focused on Stoics. Stoics are like, uh, hey, there's things you can do stuff about and there's things you can't do stuff about. 
And some people, they couldn't persuade their spouse, let's go move, live in a van. So they're stuck. There's nothing they can do about that. Uh, even if they think this is coming. And so, yeah, I'd say, don't worry about it. Uh, just carry on because you might die tomorrow anyway. Like, oh, game over. And so that's an in interesting energies that um, my mind has had to entertain. And I like it because I want to describe it. So whatever people's path, they can feel as good as they can about it, I suppose. Um, and my own, because um, mine's been awkward and hasn't been proven out. Uh, uh, Elon Musk, uh, he uh, did this rocket engine stuff, you know, sending stuff and, and uh, people thought it was silly. Uh, what he was trying to do, re-land re the rocket and so forth. But as soon as he re-landed that rocket, the, it said that people in the industry, they S'd they S their pants, they, they pooped their pants because they realized game change they like they like oh my goodness this changes everything they knew they couldn't just charge all these billions and billions of dollars to shoot rockets up but elon had just shown oh no we can do this way cheaper and so their models were wrong and so that's called disruption uh he did that with the car industry as well people like oh ha, ha, you and your electric car well now all the other car companies ford everybody's like oh this is going to happen and so elon is interesting because he's like a prophet in this sense i think he is he could see the future and he starts aligning to it and that's what he did with paypal before here's how people are going to um and he aligns with that and that's in the secular world you just call it prediction he could predict what was coming and start um uh, aligning and getting companies that would do that forerunners if you will and he was right. But so many instances, they thought he was stupid. Still like um, the boring company, uh, tunneling underground. It still looks stupid. But to me, I'm like, oh, no, that's pretty smart. <laughs> you go underground and it's easy to heat your house. Um, it's easy to cool your house, um, I think. And there's lots of space down there. You just keep going down, keep going down. And then you're like, well, what about um, people like to go outside? LED. Well, people watching TV, how much outside do people really need? Um, those things may resolve. But uh, of interest to me, though, is how people in a certain space and time, they process these things about what's going to happen in my life, what can I prepare for? And, and generally, well, anyway, for me personally, it's like they don't care, Greg. Uh, continue to do what you do, um, and then God will... Um, will encourage it or discourage it. So that's what he's been, he's enabling me. Like, oh, you keep encouraging me. Um, okay, I'm gonna let that be my last comment because we're getting towards the time. Anybody else feel free to comment as much as you want. This is all pretty interesting to me because this is not stuff that I think about. Um, you know, I just, I don't know. So I'm actually really curious what do you think is going to happen in 2024? Because you're not the only one I've heard this from. So I'm really curious on on your guys' take. And I don't know, curiosity, right? Um, could be totally wrong, but could not be wrong. So what are your thoughts? I'm just, yeah, curious. Yeah, I, I don't know what's coming other than calamity. This is what I anticipate is just like the Great Depression. I've, I've been telling people for a lot of years, you remember grandma or great grandma in the case B? She, she went through the Great Depression 
well, you're going to you're going to have the story to tell because you went through the greatest depression. We're going to one up what's coming will be greater than the Great Depression uh, in so many ways. It'll be different. All right. Um, and there's these. So that's that's all I can say. Like, OK, what's what's going to be like? I don't know. There's other things in play. But uh, um, I I wouldn't I don't advise anybody to prepare anything but their hearts because we have to be nimble. So prepare your hearts. That's that lamp oil. Have energy so that you can leave at a moment's notice. You can do some really wild things because you have that spiritual energy like, okay, we're done. We're out of here. And you can drop everything and leave. Uh, because sometimes it's not time to leave Germany, even though Hitler's in there. No, maybe three years from now, it's time to drop everything. Um, I don't know. And that's, um, so anyways, that's 2024 came into my mind. Then God gave me a second witness. And that was like two weeks ago. Some guy said, oh, it's interesting that all these signs line up. What you're talking about, Greg, because I didn't, I wasn't aware of it. I just like 2024, but he's talking about these Jewish feasts and all these kind of one-off things. He's like, this only happens like in 2024. Um, uh, oh yeah. I remember who that was. Yeah. His name is Coda and he'd been studying it. I hadn't. And, and he's a money guy. He actually sells gold to people. So He's got his ear to the ground. I don't. I just have my ear to Jesus. And he says, 2024, like, okay, all right. And then I, I think nothing of it, um, by the way, until I have a second witness. If it comes to a second witness, so God knows, like, oh, Greg's going to believe that stuff. Now I am. It's like, okay, 2024. Um, what if I'm wrong? I don't care. I was like, great, it'll be 25 or 26. I, I, he's like, oh, you don't even care about these prophecies? No, because what am I, I'm like everybody else, what am I going to do? Just, um, and God already told me, stand still and watch my deliverance. So what is Greg going to do? I can tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a participant observer. Mostly I'm just going to be observing. Oh, there's David and there's Goliath. Hmm, I wonder what's going to happen. Oh, they, David threw that rocket to Goliath. That's so wonderful. Praise the Lord. Um, well, aren't you going to be David? I don't think so. I think I'm going to be watching most, most of this stuff. I'm watching Moses open the Red Sea or, you know, know that it's God doing it. But I, so you're not, you're not thinking you're going to be the one doing that. No, I'm going to be like one of these children of Israel, like painting my fence posts. Okay. I, I feel that that's probably the right thing to do. That's, you know, there is going to be some weird thing going and that's it. That's all you're going to do. Yeah. Cause I'm not a, like not, not a prepper, not traditional prepper, but if somebody looked at what I'm doing, like you look like you're preparing, you know, you guys do all wood and all this. Why are you doing that? Oh, we're just poor. And it's just a way to make sure you're good for the winter. <laughs> so that's, anyhow, I don't have anything um, strategic to share with you, um, uh, um, Emily, but uh, but I do have that uh, to share with you that um, that's it. That's how God has informed my mind. He doesn't have me go deep dive into scriptures, but he has other people and like, it's like, oh, that's interesting. Somebody else also thinks 2024 is a time. And uh, so that's it. Jonathan, any thoughts? Yeah, so um, I'll say a couple things. Um, uh, as far as 2024, it's like when I hear Greg say that, um, even though, so here's the strange thing. So 
oftentimes the preparation for something doesn't come by thinking about the thing that you're preparing for. In fact, oftentimes whenever you prepare for something, it, it's actually just the opposite. So you cannot prepare for like say a calamity, um, at least not for this calamity. And I don't even know if 2024 is like the ultimate kind of end of, um, of our structure as we know it, um, our economic structure. But, um, but, and, and as far as years, I don't, I don't even, God hasn't told me anything about that. When Greg says 2024, I'm like, oh, wow, that's close. We'll see. <laughs> but this, so here's the strange thing is that it's like, um, so, so if you think about, um, how do I put so, so here, let me go back to something. One thing that I found that was kind of, I didn't even think about it until I was years into this path, but I realized like, so for a while I had a preparedness business. I, we, we, um, we manufactured heir, heirloom seed assortments. So the idea is that you put a bunch of seeds up, you store a bunch of seeds for your food storage. And, um, and I had a business and I, it was, I made more money doing that than I, made doing anything else in my life. And I did that for about five years. And, um, but it was really fascinating to me that um, I found that many of the people who were buying all of the products and et cetera, like it was a very low faith industry. So, which is strange because it's often very religious people who would get into storing up for, you know, for bad times. So it's kind of becomes part of their religion and we're going to prepare for the bad times. But what I discovered was that the theology of it, the, the, uh, the ideas surrounding it were very anti-faith. So um, these people were trying to prepare for the day that you cannot prepare for. And the real way to prepare for the day that you can't prepare for is to be completely on the edge of needing God from moment to moment. And so I didn't think to myself, I think I'm going to put myself in a position where I need God from moment to moment. It was just that for me, something cracked. It was like I got broken and I couldn't do things the way that normal people did them. And so I had to completely rely. And the things that God was, that I felt, that I felt, you know, of course I was probably wrong wrong half well, I don't think I was wrong half the time but I was wrong sometimes you know but it's like you know and it was definitely not leading to where I wanted it to lead in fact it was leading to to worse situations but I kind of it's like it's weird once you come to know the voice that comes out of the unseen world you can't really deny it it's like well this is the same voice that told me that you know, like Jesus is the Christ, you know? And so it's like, you're just like, okay, well, I'm moving ahead. And so what it did is it created a strange sort of preparation. So it's like, so it's like we have a lot of things in our life. So when we think about economy, why would it be such a big, big deal that like, say that the economy of a nation or the economy of a world would fall? Well, we think we've separated. It's like, we've taken 
and we like okay over here is my religious life and over here is my financial life or my or the economy and you don't realize how much those things are tied enormously tied together like the way you handle money is deeply religious it's like it is it is so so when the economy of a nation falls you don't realize how much people have put their faith upon this this system by which i have a cell phone in my hand this system by which i can communicate this system by which I can provide for my family. So all of the good things of life that we rely upon God for, all of those things, basically the systems, the institutions of uh, that, that surround us, basically we've created these institutions which say, yep, I'll take care of that. Yep, I'll take care of that. Like, I need a house. And... um and so, and God says, God is there saying all the time, I'll give you a house. No, no, really, like, like, I'll give you a house. And you're like, I need food. And God's like, I'll give you food. Well, what do I have to do? Well, just follow me. Follow my promptings. You know, yeah, but you're kind of weird and you go in winding paths. I don't know if I like that. So then there's somebody else that says, I'll give you a house. And guess who it is? It's JP Morgan Chase. It's Citibank. It's whoever. And it's like, am I saying that like, it's wrong that we've had more, I've had mortgages, you know? No, I'm not. But what we don't realize is that we don't realize how different and how skewed our whole view of everything is to the point where it's like, we have a very different view of even what ownership is. We like a basic economic principle and an understanding is what you own, okay? Like, if you don't understand what ownership actually is, well, then you're kind of like, it's like that, that, that house that's built on the sand. It's like, because some bank told me they'd give me a 45-year loan that I'll never pay off, and they let me take this house, <laughs> I now say I own it. So what is the great reset? It's like, well, it's going to be a coming back to reality, okay? It's like the reality, well, what do you own? What is yours? How do you obtain it? You know, what are the principles that undergirt, you know? Um, and that's just like one principle of the new life. It's like, and, and what Christ has been waiting for through the whole history of the earth is he says, look, I have a way of doing things. If you'll follow me from moment to moment, that will erase poverty for everyone. I have a way of doing things which will make everybody rich. And what we've said throughout history basically is like, eh, no, no thanks. That's right? because I have JP Morgan Chase system that I've set up, you know. Um, and, you know, like a simple one, it's so I've taken too long, like I usually do. I'll make this one quick, but a fascinating one. It's so in the, uh, I'm not saying we should go back to the law of Moses, but there is one little thing in the law of Moses that I find fascinating. He said, like, don't charge interest. And it's like, 
I, I, I had some friends of mine who'd studied it out and it, it turns out that like throughout the history of, of the Jewish nation, from the very beginning, they began, when that law was given, they began fa- to find ways to get around that law of not charging interest. And yet that there's a guy who wrote a, a piece years ago. Um, uh, he, it was a talk he gave and he talked about how our basic, the ups and downs, the fact that we have depressions and recessions and everything like that is all tied to the fact that we do not live the way that we're told to in the old Testament with regards to money. So, um, I'm taking too long to say all of this. Like, I don't know if, if Greg's right about 2024, um, he's been right about a few things, which makes me kind of concerned. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't, you don't have to be concerned. Um, uh, one of the things I wanted to point out. So as I've had these discussions with God, he's put in my heart to understand that I should receive this as a blessing that the tribulation. So it says, Lord, um, chastens those whom he loves. So this has been a really uh, active conversation with God because treating someone's tribulation as a blessing, you know, so like imagine in the Great Depression, there I am uh, before the Great Depression, say, oh, it's going to be wonderful. Yeah, y'all going to um, lose your houses. You'll, you'll lose your jobs. It'll be just so wonderful because it'll only wonderful because it'll bring you to Christ. It'll, it'll, you'll start thinking about God and and more important things like, um, and and these are the things you've been talking about, like like we do. Oh, I wish we could get back to Andy Griffith, that our lives would be more more community. Really, would you do that um, at the price of a Great Depression that's greater than your grandma's? Uh, is there different ways that we can do that? And so that's what Jonathan's talked about. Like, yeah, maybe not. Right. So God is good, um, just like a parent. He's going to set up things just like you do as a parent. Your kids aren't going to be wholesale like, yeah, mom, let's let's study the scriptures or whatever Emily is trying to do today when she kind of had monkeys in the room. Like, yeah, I don't want to do that today. Sorry. Um, and sometimes parents, because they're kind like, well, we are going to. Um, and so they'll insist. Um, and a lot of these things are summoned by our own hands. Oh, we caused that to happen? Uh, yeah. Um, Oh, but it's a blessing, right? And that's what, so, so God's preparing my mind so that I can be one of the peaceful ones. Um, I, I'm not going to go around, jump around. Hey, I told you so. Oh, this is so good for you. Oh, this will be so good. Um, now you get to live in a barn like I did. Oh, it makes, builds such character. I'm not going to be doing that. Um, but I am. He has me preaching that this is a good thing. What, what better way um, to... Figure out in your life, what what is the bare essentials? What are the things we need? And God's already said that to his children, food, clothing, shelter, tools, somebody love. And it doesn't really matter if it's fancy food. It doesn't matter if it's fancy clothes. Oh, well, it used to matter. Right. Because people would judge you. You go to school. But guess what happened during the Great Depression? Just having shoes and clothes in a lot of circles within America, that was enough. There's no need to put on the Ritz or anything here. It's nice when you can, but you know what? Just having food, even if it's cabbage again, because I, I remember my wife's uh, gr- uh, grandma talking about that. Like, oh, yeah, there's that real cabbage thing, man. Cheapest, one of the cheapest foods they could. Um, it's like, and that builds a good generation. 
well, let's do that. Because like if I w wanted to bless my children with something, would it be more TikTok? Whatever we've been creating more of, do we want more of that? Like, I don't think so. But is there better? Jesus, is there something that's not so severe? The answer is, what do you think, Greg? Like, no, it takes severity in order to get our attention, my attention. So he's actually telling me about the future based on my own life. Like, how did I get your attention, God? It wasn't fun. It hurt. And it still does. But you got my attention. You do bring me peace. So would you want this upon your brothers and sisters? Sadly, yes. So 2024 or 2025 or when, whenever it is, I'm looking forward to it in an odd way. Um, but that's um, ultimately, guys, you know we need a new culture. And all this little nitpicky, well, let's just change a little of this. We can just shut down the border. Everything will be good. No, 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 no. This is out of control. And, and I couldn't fix it. So I, don't look to me to fix it. But I'm telling you what, you don't have to. Uh, there's a biblical prophecy about how this is going to be fixed. And it looks scary. Matthew 24, like, oh, that's pretty scary. And most don't receive it. What? Yep. Most just say, we'll stay in Egypt. We'll carry the bricks. The UN's got a good plan, Greg. See, we don't have to. You're right. You're right. I, I was wrong. You don't have to move in with your parents. But apparently you got another parent now. This is what's also going to happen is there's going to be people with money, turn them into slaves. And you're like, but Greg says we're already slaves. Yes, Greg has some spiritual thing that says we're already slaves. What we're talking about is freedom, baby. Go live in a van. No, no mortgage. Wake up every day without a mortgage. Well, then what are we going to do? Like go down to the thrift store, get some. Uh, well, no, we, we got all the clothing, but things don't fit very well. <laughs> my life, too. Um, I'll show you my shoes. These are my these are my shoes. There you go. Looking forward to wearing some shoes like that. Now, those are my dad's shoes when he died. So I've, I'm holding on to him, not because that's all I have. So nobody start crying for me. Uh, don't cry for me, Argentina. But that's still a shoe I wear every day and it works. Like, it's not very cool, Greg. I don't know. It's got a lot of air conditioning. That's not what I mean. It's gross. Like, I know. But yes, guess what? That shoe represents what's coming to a lot of people. They'll be happy that I got some shoes and it'll be adequate. You can walk around with shoes that look like that. For a lot of times, I've, I'm wondering how long they just keep kind of splitting, but they're, now they're more like sandals. So do I look forward to that? Yes. Only, only because of what it's the, it's the great reset, but the Jesus reset um, for the people that I want to hang with. Okay, go ahead, Jonathan. I'll be just quick with this. The, the thing I wanted to convey was like, um, is that, you know, this, we think about the end of something, well, like the end of the U.S. economy. Okay, well, that's fine because the, there's always a new thing coming. So there's a new economy. And the, the thing I just wanted to encourage people about is just to say that it's like, um, you know, it's like I haven't even really thought about this a whole lot. It's like, it's like I've just been trying to, you know, like, find my way you know but now that i'm realizing like oh my gosh many of the things that you know i've learned through this are going to be so valuable when all this comes it's like it's like it's you don't realize how much in bondage we've been it's like it's like 
you know, it's like people would say, you know, I, I live in a van right now. And people would say, oh, you live in a van. And every once in a while, I'll, I'll tell somebody I live in a van. And I get this pitying look. And it's like, oh, you haven't even, like, you haven't watched any of the van life videos yet. It's like, you haven't seen that it's okay yet. It's like, and that this is cool. <laughs> right? You know, and it's like, and they, they're, they're mourning for me. It's like, you don't get it. I have no mortgage. I have no... I have no utility payments except for a little gas. Like I can get all the electricity by turning on the car for a few minutes and charging all my stuff. You know, it's like, it's, it's, um, it's like, it's like, and not only that, but it's like, I have faced, like I've, I've gone to, I faced danger where like literally danger was circling around me and I was preserved. And guess what happened? I developed peace. I found peace. Like, so that now it's like, if danger is swirling around me, you know, if it's like those guys on the other side of the parking lot look like they're going to come over and, you know, do something to me, I have peace. It's like, it's like, um, I faced, um, I faced almost being arrested for something that wasn't a crime really. You know, it's like, I've, I've had, you know, like my home, like hanging in the balance, you know, like, like with, with like people that were relying upon me and we were living in a, in a motor home and like, you know, the police come, you know, and it's like, and if they impound the vehicle, they've impounded your home. And, and, and yet I was in a place right at that moment where they couldn't touch me. And I could tell that the police officer in a minute would have impounded my vehicle, but because of where I happened to be at that very second, he couldn't do it. So that it's like, it's like, what is this next thing gonna teach us? It's going to teach us that God looks after his own. And you know what? I don't think I've missed a meal that I didn't need to miss. Now I've had to beg. I've had to, you know, like I've had to go into a homeless shelter where they were handing out soup bowls you know it's like but now it's like it's like and the finances are starting to turn it's like because why because you can't scare me quite so easily it's like you know but what's going to happen for everybody that's going to experience all of this they're going to have to go through those phases and some won't turn to god but those who do they're going to have to go through the phases that i went through of learning that god will protect you God will give you that bowl of soup. God will take care of, you know, he's going to get the rough somehow, you know. Or if you have to suffer through a little bit of rain, it won't be for too long. There's something coming. You know, they're going to have to go through having their family in a tent like I did. Um, I shouldn't, I, I actually don't like talking about family. I, I, I'm going to backtrack on that, but um, I just said it, so I can't bring it, take it back. But the point being is it's like, they're going to have to go through it and realize that it's like, um, and so what is the wealth? What is the wealth that I found? I found peace in knowing that God is looking after me. And what is coming for the world? What do I rejoice in? Why do I rejoice that everything will fall? Whether it's 2024, 26, everyone knows it's going to fall. Why do I rejoice? Because the people that I love, the people of the world, are about to learn that God will look after his own.
that we don't have to, like Adam, fret and worry every second about what's going to come, that he will provide, and that he has a work for us. So that's that's all I wanted to say. I know we're getting close to the end, and we've kind of talked for a while, Greg. I don't know if Emily has anything, but I'll turn it back. So, Okay. I think we're ready to wrap up, um, and we'll be back next week, just Jonathan and I. That painting. I can say good. something. Go ahead, John. Thanks. Go ahead, Emily. I was just going to say, tying it all back to curiosity and the whole idea of, you know, what if I'm, what if I'm wrong, you know, about everything. And, and what it reminds me of is just, so as I was working on this painting today, you probably can't see it, but like there were some sections over here, like it's changed colors many times throughout. I'm trying to, I, my paint stopped during it. But pretty much what happens is, I paint stuff and then it doesn't, um, and then I remove it. And then I go back and I add more and then I take it away. And it's just like this constant back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But it, the thing that's nice is that you can, it can always be changed. It can always be fixed. And that reminds me just the whole idea of curiosity. It's like you have to go all in on something. And then sometimes you're like, oh, wow, I went way too, I went way too much in the deep end. I got to swim a little more the other direction. It's this constant, it's this pendulum swing. It's this constant balance of, of going back and forth. And, and something that I try to tell myself with is like when I paint, like I learn a lot while I paint and I'm like, oh, look, it really didn't matter. Yeah, I did too much paint in that section. Yeah, oh, I don't like how that turned out or that was too close to that value, but it can always be changed. And maybe the paint dry, what's the worst piece that happened? The paint dries and I have to start again the next week. But then, you know, then I wonder, is that really so bad to have to keep starting again, you know, to help to keep resetting? I don't know. These are all the questions and things that I ask myself, but it's the whole idea of curiosity. It's okay to be curious, I guess. And I think it's good. It's good to try new things and try things out or go with what you feel you need to do. Even if everyone thinks you're crazy or even if people agree with you, like it's okay to just try to do something. You know, that's kind of my thoughts. Uh, I love it. Uh, okay, so we're going to say goodbye. Is that right, Jonathan? We, we good to say goodbye? All right. Well, God is with all of you. Um, till we meet again, and even after that, stop recording.